fake, fake, fakeity fake. Hi, I'm Jody. And I'm Vienna. And welcome to Imperial News, where I spend my whole week listening to the far-right podcast Rebel News and talk about Donald Trump having his home violated by the pedophile-protecting deep state with my friend Vienna. True. Donald Trump lives in a monster house from the hit movie Monster House, um, and it's alive and capable of being violated. <laughs> True. Yeah. Although they're, they're right-wingers, so they, they perceive property almost in, on the same level as human beings, so it can be violated in their eyes. Jody, don't you know that that's the message of Monster House, the hit movie? <laughs> you know what? I honestly never heard or seen this movie. It's a really bad cartoon about a monster about a house that's a monster that eats kill kids. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, uh, it was made by Dan Harmon who did Community. <laughs> <laughs> now all we have to do is make sure that Mar-a-Lago consumes its host. <laughs> yeah. If only. I think it becomes Monster House after the owner dies or something and gets buried in concrete in the house. Nice. How are you, Vienna? Yeah. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, nothing, nothing too exciting to report. Got a bunch of hot peppers for really cheap yesterday. What more could I ask for? Well, you know, last episode was right before we went away on vacation. And I said I was heading towards moose territory. And you said you were as well. But who saw the moose, Vienna? <laughs> Who saw the moose, Jody? It was me. I saw somebody, the moose. somebody near where I was staying hit a moose with their car. So who really wins? <laughs> I I got to see my moose from a nice distance. No no car was harmed. Uh, but yeah, I got. A f I've been going up north for so long. I was just so giddy with excitement when I got to see this moose, and uh, and then it just walked through a parking lot. I first saw it in the bush. And then it walked onto the road and then walked right into where, like, the park registration was at uh, one of the Algonquin campgrounds. And then just, like, chilled in the parking lot. So You pave moose paradise and put up a moose parking lot. <laughs> it got down on its, like, knees and started drinking out of, like, a, a rainwater, like, collection on the road. So that was pretty neat. See, there used to be a wonderful pond there. And it still <laughs> remembers. It goes to check on it. Let's be real. Algonquin is mostly not paved. <laughs> it could have chosen so many other non-places or non-paved places to be. And it chose the paved place. So I don't know what that means, but yeah. It means we need to destroy the world because moose are getting domesticated. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of bull mooses, we are... <laughs> We're gonna get to the episode. It's probably gonna be a shorter episode today. Honestly, all the only thing worth covering was the Trump thing, so we might as well just uh, get get right to it. Hello, my rebels. Hello, my rebels. I'm a good boy. I'm a weirdo. So this week we covered August 8th to August 12th, 
And on the 8th, Ezra spends a long time talking about a subject that is just, I'm tired of hearing about, which is the trucker convoy. And in particular, the reason why he's talking about it on this uh, Monday, the 8th, is that I guess Parliament is having some sort of like investigation regarding the Emergency Act. And so it, the investigation hasn't like started yet. The sort of like parliamentary procedures ha hadn't, at least when that episode was recorded, nothing has like started yet. But Ezra w wants to talk about it because he wants to send a crew there and film the investigation, and he's going to do a whole thing. But because he's talking about the convoy, he, of course, has to play all the greatest hits, so we get, like, his speech he made on, like, the initial Saturday in front of all the people. He played the clips of Alexa being shot, which... <laughs> which, I swear, a week has not gone by when he hasn't played that clip. And in this episode, on the 8th, he plays that clip twice. So, <laughs> just... Got a milk, milk is reporter being shot by a rubber bullet over and over again. Yeah, I mean, like, so nothing really happens beyond that. The only other thing worth sort of talking about is he goes on this, like, rant about the illegality or not illegality of the protest itself. And so I'm going to play this clip. The, the interesting thing about it is that he starts off by reading like a quote from a CBC article and then goes off on this tangent. So just to warn the listeners, he is it's going to sound sort of disjointed, but he starts off by reading this quote and then you get to hear him like, uh, I guess, wax philosophical about the illegality or non-illegality of the protest. Where do donations come following the declaration of the protest as being illegal? What, what does that mean, the declaration of the protest as being illegal? A, a, a declaration? Is that a thing, like, like a declaration of independence? Or when you're crossing the border at customs and you declare that you have, you know, maybe a bottle of liquor you have to pay tax on? Declaration. Well, I do declare. What does that mean, declaration? Is that a thing to declare something illegal? Is that, is that how it works in Canada, according to the CBC state broadcaster? Who, who gets that power? Well, actually, a court does. Courts can make a declaration resolving some sort of dispute. Declaratory relief, it's, it's called. It's often one thing on a list of items a court might do after a trial. And that's a point, after a trial. A prosecutor cannot declare you guilty of a crime. A policeman cannot declare you guilty of a crime. A prosecutor can make an allegation. A cop can charge you with a crime, can accuse you of it. But you're called the accused. You're not called the illegal one, the guilty one. That only happens after your day in court, after a trial where both sides are represented and a neutral judge considers the facts in the law. A neutral judge. So that most of the episode turns out to be about this, like him, but it was worth just like picking this one piece. And just right away, what, are you, what, what do you think of his whatever's going on here? <laughs> I just think about every time there's a protest in montreal and the cops are like this shit's illegal and then they start tear gassing people like but you notice like because here's the thing is ezra has a legal degree he he went to law school and what he's conflating is exactly what you pointed out there which is like it's one thing for the police go 
we declare this rally illegal, we're now going to break it up. And there's a different thing when you're talking about whether or not it's been like proven guilty in a court of law. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, so are you telling me like, is trespass not illegal until you go to court and you're found guilty? Or is it illegal? And that's why cops have the justification to arrest you. But then you get to prove it in court. Like, no, Jody, they have to arrest the protest and it has to have its day in court. And then the ju- the neutral judge declares <laughs> that protest to be illegal. And then the protest goes to jail. Yeah, it is so stupid. <laughs> it's like, and, and it's like, why are you doing this? Why? Like, I, I, I just was like shell-shocked. I don't know how to describe it. It's just like, you, you're going on this one point that makes absolutely no sense. And it's all to highlight this kind of like, look at the media. The media is so biased by calling it illegal when it, like, it wasn't illegal because when has, like, he goes on to talk about how, like, uh, like, no court ruling has come down stating that the convoy broke any laws or something like this. And it's like, one, you can't really say that because a lot of the, like, uh, the people who were arrested for mischief and other things are still pending their trials. So, like, a judge, a neutral judge could come down and say that it was illegal and they really did commit mischief, you know? Uh, but then it's like, also, it's not media bias. Like, all the media said was it was declared illegal. And it was declared illegal, which is why the police moved it. I think that we're just going to see more and more of the Canadian far right getting caught up in like legal semantics and like definitions of words because that worked with the Tomarazzo and what's her face thing where they were just like, Oh yeah, but how do you define a conversation or whatever? Um, what's her name? Uh, Tamara Lich. Yeah. Tamara Lich. Like, you know, because that one worked out, they're just going to constantly do this and just see how much they can like float with it. And also, like, if they waste enough of the court's time, then eventually the court's just going to be like, fuck it. Like, we're not going to go to this effort for, like, you know, a three-day prison sentence for mischief or whatever. I mean, this is, I think, the right-wing strategy always when it comes to, like, legal issues. I mean, they've been doing this with Donald Trump throughout his presidency. And, like, we're going to see it in a few seconds when it comes to the the Mar-a-Lago incident, I guess I will say. And so it's just a way of like utilizing the or or, or utilize or confuse you utilizing people's ignorance about the law to confuse the hell out of them to create like this air of plausible deniability to be like, no, they really were innocent because what are laws really? <laughs> the, the next part. So most of the episode was him just going on about that. And there's no point in going further into it. But they ended with a, an interview with Sheila Gunn-Reed because she had decided that she was going to write a letter to the United Nations and hand deliver it uh, to them in Geneva, all to like call Trudeau like a violator of human rights, it, in particular because of the pastors who were arrested and how the convoy was treated. She's going to Geneva, not to New York? Past tense. She she went to, yes, she went to Europe. To Geneva. 
Now, Sheila, where is the seat of the UN? Is I think because they're thinking uh, it will. Is because now my brain's confused. The Hague is in Switzerland too. Or, that's the Netherlands. No, that's the Netherlands. I'm pretty sure they said Geneva. Now, now I'm like second guessing myself because I didn't. Uh, it. Is the you? Who is there? Is like the Human Rights Commission or something there? Maybe the Human Rights Commission is in Geneva. I don't know. But I don't know. Either way, if. Correction if I got it wrong. Either way, she's traveling by plane to go where she thinks she needs to go to hand this thing in, okay? Which... Maybe she's banned from the U.S. Because it is the second biggest office, it says. Well, here's the thing is, we've talked about this before. She's been banned from the U.N. before. <laughs> so, so, so I don't even know. I, I haven't followed up uh, by the end of this week. So, like, I don't know if she actually got in or not. Because, like, in our timeline, like, present day, she's already been there. So I'm curious to see whether she got in. But she was denied entry to the UN because I think it was Christian Freeland or uh, uh, McKenna complained about her. And so she wasn't allowed in. Now, I don't know if that means she's been banned from the UN, like, forever for harassing people at, like, a, a UN conference. But either way, so, but then the other part of me is like, I'm pretty sure that these people have like an email submission. I'm not sure what like walking to the building and handing them a letter personally is going to like, like it really is just for the theatrics of it. It's the same way like David Menzies often like hands in petitions to like Queens Park in Toronto or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, UNHCR or HRC is there. In Geneva? Okay. Oh, wait. <laughs> what? There's a UN Human Rights Council and a United Nations and a UN Commission on Human Rights. Either way. Oh, okay. I got replaced <laughs> by that. Never mind. Sorry. I'm getting caught up in UN bureaucratic nonsense. <laughs> the thing is, though, they both hate the UN, right? So... Initially, when I saw that they were doing this, because they had initially posted on Twitter, and there was a, a moment uh, back around this, uh, like around the 8th and the 9th, when they were trending on Twitter because people were mocking Sheila Gunn-Reed for saying she's going to hand-deliver this thing to the UN. And so when they got to recording this episode, it's clear that that's in the back of their mind, because the whole time they spend defending the fact that they're doing this. Oh my god. <laughs> And so, none of it was worth, like, clipping, but here's the defenses that we got. At one point, Sheila basically argues that the UN is supposed to do the human rights thing, so we're going to do it even though, you know, the UN are really corrupt globalists, we're just going to submit it. And uh, Sheila then offers his support, was like, well, at one point, the... The Saudis were criticized for their treatment of Christians, so maybe they will support us in how the Christians were treated in Canada during the pandemic. <laughs> and, then, and then Ezra says that, yeah, okay, China controls the entire UN, but just like Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you, you don't take. And I'm like, but if if China is controlling the UN, 
wouldn't all the shots be misses? Like, how... What does that even mean? Like, if China... Let's say they control everything and disagree with what Ezra's doing. How is a shot there going to succeed in getting the thing you want when they clearly stand against the very thing you're trying to to get? Because they let anybody go and just speak at the UN and then they get to say, like, I spoke at the UN and I gave my speech. It was going to be their Fidel Castro history will absolve me moment. <laughs> Um, except that the General Assembly is actually in New York, yeah. So, um, I don't know who, I, they're going to some offices, like, I'm she sure. got, she got a free trip to Europe, you know what, go <laughs> Sheila, like. Well, they, uh, and they had a fundraiser going, they, like, of course, created, like, what they do is they, uh, create a website and solicit donations on the website to pay for the trip, uh, to Geneva, and then, like, yeah, so it's like, they, they pulled out all the stops just for this, like, promotional shot. And, like, great. I'm glad you got to go to, to Geneva. Congratulations. I want, I want the fundraiser, fundraiser for Sen Sheila to go and get executed by the Chinese <laughs> Communist Party. <laughs> when I watched it, was like a secret to send, send Sheila to the Hague for war crimes. <laughs> Uh, I know it's in another country, but still. <laughs> They're fundraising just to <laughs> to send her to jail. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I was. Re- it's a really stupid PR stunt. And here's the thing: is th- they talked about it this once in this like uh, interview format, and then it didn't get brought up for the rest of the week. So I'm pretty sure she has already gone, and it's already happened. But either it happened last week and they didn't talk about it, or it happened this week and we will talk about it in our next episode. But either way, I'm just like, what a what a silly, silly thing to do. But whatever. Have fun. That enjoy your That trip. hypothetical made me realize that it'd be really easy for anyone to destroy the um the hag if they wanted to. <laughs> um because all it would take is like getting a, an Afghan a veteran from the war in Afghanistan on the like NATO side to like continue committing crimes until they get taken to the Hague for war crimes and then the US has to activate the Hague Invasion Act <laughs> um is which was the specific invasion? there is a, a specific act in the United States uh that says any uh US ally that tries to that they try to try for war crimes based off the uh, Afghan or Iraq wars uh, will be like rescued by any means necessary, including invasion of the Netherlands. Oh God! I, I should just you say... want to bring down NATO, China? Do this. <laughs> Recruit a couple veterans. <laughs> I should say, and this relates to, you know, talking about Donald Trump in a second, but, like, people are trying to rejuvenate, like, Liz Cheney's career after she lost her primary bid the other day. And, like, okay, the one good thing that she's done in her entire history is participate in the January 6th commission. Other than that, she's a complete piece of shit. And, like, you know, it's not like, I don't think the sins of the father go necessarily to the child, but she has pretty much gone in his footsteps. So, yeah. And she voted alongside Trump 93% of the time. Like, It was just, I'm guessing the law that you're discussing was passed in the Bush administration, which is why it yes. popped in my head. 
Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, I totally forgot that um, Dick Cheney and John McCain were different people. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the McCain daughter? <laughs> What's her uh, name? Megan. Megan McCain. Oh, yeah. I thought she was Liz Cheney this whole time. No, Liz Cheney. I thought she was on The View and in the <laughs> Senate or whatever. <laughs> I know. Is it Liz or Lynn? The mom is Lynn and the congresswoman is Liz, I think. Yeah, uh, she's Liz. And then they have another sister who is a lesbian. And it became like a big deal because even though she came out, Liz was against gay marriage still as a Republican congresswoman. So, you know, great, great family that has done that. I was in Halliburton recently, and all I could think about was Dick Cheney, <laughs> the small <laughs> town of Halliburton, Ontario. And I'm like, oh, this is, uh, this is where Dick Cheney got to start, right? <laughs> what? Well, he, he, he worked in Halliburton, the, the, like, uh, uh, the contractor, oh. the military contractor. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. It's I completely different than the small city of Halliburton. It was just, <laughs> they just happened to share a name. So we get to... We Aug need to wipe <laughs> Halliburton off the face of the earth. <laughs> well, so, like, driving through the small town of Halliburton, they, I think they, like, built, like, military planes there. So it's just funny, like, they've got, like, when you're driving through just past the little downtown, like, a, a statue model of, like, one of the airplanes there. So it's just... It it gave me the same vibes of like military contract and and Dick Cheney all in one. So I feel like every small Ontario town has like a statue of an old war plane, though. Yeah, <laughs> like I think we passed three of those when we were going up north to to Miskaming. Like it's just northern Ontario. Just loves what you do. Their big statues. They just yeah yeah. Honestly, solidarity with them on that one though. Like yeah. that's a good move. Just like. Yeah, one good landmark. You say, like, "Oh yeah, it's near the giant lumberjack statue." We know where that is. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Wawa has the giant Canadian goose. You know, and who could forget that? Yeah. Who is it? Sudbury or Sarnia? Who has the nickel? That's Sudbury. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yep. But anyways, moving on. August 9th. We're on the Tuesday, and Ezra wants to talk about, of course, the Trump raid, which happened the evening before. And uh, <laughs> he calls it a Trump raid. It's worth pointing out. A lot of people, like, I don't know, have gone on and on about this. Uh, and it's like, seems silly to me. Like, I don't mind calling it a raid because, like, whatever. <laughs> like, FBI people are going into a place. It's a raid. It's like <laughs> the FBI is a clan in world, yeah. world of warcraft <laughs> yeah they're just they're they're raiding to get some valuable resources yeah <laughs> they had to fight through a security team but it, it is it is wild though like how it has come out now that like what the quote-unquote raid was and like these were fbi agents wearing casual clothes without weapons being legally allowed and like we're not receiving pushback from the staff to go in the building and do this so it's like when you frame it as a raid it's being purposefully done to like like oh like they went in guns blazing and like told people to get on the floors they could like retrieve the stolen property and it's like no it was you know, people wearing, like, khakis walking into a building and being like, can we get the stuff we're legally allowed to get? All right, thank you. 
It's I don't right. know how the U.S. has the most guns in the world and continues to have, like, the lamest political disputes. Yeah. Like, what, they didn't have to use, like, a missile launcher to break down the compound walls first? What is this country? <laughs> What's the point? Well, it's funny, too, because, like, the pedantry from the other side annoys me, too, because you do have, like, these liberal pedants who are like, it wasn't a raid! And I'm like, I honestly don't care what word you call it. Like, a, <laughs> a sauntering? They, they sauntered into the building to get the things? Like, I guess, like, like, because, like, raid isn't even a legal term, so you can't even make it, like, a, a legal... De- it legally was not a raid or something. Like, yeah, words are, in, like, can have different meanings. They raided. It just happened to be in khakis without guns, and they got the papers. Like, don't care. I don't care. Yeah. That's so boring. Oh my god. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was, like, that lame. Yeah, I mean, and, like, again, like, in terms of the hyping up, like, Ezra's spin on it is, like, what were they looking for? Like, bombs or dynamite or guns? And, like, trying to, like, oh, he's like, no, it was just about, like, paper. They were just searching for documents. It was a paper-pushing act that, like, this is all it was. And, like, trying to, like, contrast the, like, uh, I guess low level he thinks the the quote unquote crime or not a crime was to to the raid which was violent and aggressive, and it's like it's quite possible we don't have all the information that the documents themselves are dangerous to some extent if they contain nuclear information or whatever they contain, and if he was selling them to people who might use that in nefarious ways, that could be more dangerous than he's like selling it. Uh, to his audience but then on the other side it's also the selling the raid as being more aggressive makes it more of like a violence towards your your daddy figure and like you know contributed to the atmosphere where some dude did suicide by the cops by like storming the fbi building with a nail gun and then like did you did you hear about this no i didn't so this guy he went to the fbi building i can't remember where i think in ohio and used a nail gun thinking that would be more effective to shatter the like bulletproof glass. He failed and then fled the scene and then posted to Truth Social that he's like, well, I tried the nail gun, it didn't work, and then was killed by the cops. Okay, that one <laughs> that makes up a little bit for like the the lame raid. But it, it's yeah, I mean like That explains a tweet I saw. And so, yeah, we're in this situation where they are fomenting people to engage. And, like, Frank, like, I like I don't know. I don't think the FBI is in any, like, significant threat. And even then, fuck the FBI. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a position yeah. where I don't, I don't really care. But there is an element of, of, of a kind of stochastic terrorism, again, being... But this time, it's against someone that I, I care a little less about <laughs> compared to other groups, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I saw a post that was along the lines of like, I feel bad for the lowest tier of the like stochastic terrorism stuff because it's like, you know, imagine ha- spending like a decade having your brain melted by like the most caustic bullshit. And then like you finally decide to act on this information and you go and fire a nail gun at some windows <laughs> and get shot down by the cops in, in like a field somewhere. Yeah. And then immediately everybody you idolize is just like, wow, false flag. Like, wow. The deep state got it. You know, like. 
Yeah. Just, oh my god. No, we're in a, we're in a time. Yeah. And, like, even, like, so I guess, like, the other part of it is, like, uh, the only, I'm trying, like, to think of how to word this. Because this, of course, was the day after the, the quote-unquote raid. And yeah. so this was before we even knew about, like, the, the possible connection with nuclear stuff. There was this, like, back and forth about releasing the warrant that happened. It's now since been released. So, like, we have way more information from our standpoint of recording this than Ezra did when he had recording on this episode. But even then, like, the way he frames what's going on, because he's like, it was just like they were haggling over what specific kinds of documents that he could have. Like, they, they didn't really need to do this kind of, like, escalation. And the thing that I find that's, like, interesting about that fact is that they, he makes this point the day after the, the raid happened. Since then, we've gotten so much information that contradicts that fact in that, like, they went in earlier, retrieved some documents, and it was because they retrieved those earlier documents that they were aware that others were still missing uh, and so therefore knew that he was lying to them, which, again, is probably illegal. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of stuff uh, that are going to come out about that. But why, like, it It was amazing watching the right-wing media sphere, including Ezra here, stake their claim on something that was immediately, like, proven to be false. But the interesting thing with Ezra is, I guess because he's Canadian or whatever, after this day, didn't mention the Trump raid for the rest of the week. <laughs> it just ne never came up again. Because it's like, why would you keep, like say like you become at risk of like i'm going to say something that's immediately going to be contradicted by what trump does and what his lawyers were doing etc so yeah it's still an open thing it'll be interesting to see where this goes ezra's also take on this was that i guess uh uh so he reads this republican who's like well they better like be damn sure that it was a severe crime or else there's going to be hell to pay because if it was for like just the papers like, they made a big deal over nothing kind of thing, which should signal in their brain that, oh, hey, maybe this really is a big deal or else the DOJ wouldn't have done this, right? Mm -hmm. But in their mind, Ezra takes this and goes, well, clearly they did it anyways, even though it wasn't serious, because the DOJ just don't care about, like, what people think. And they're just, they're, it's just a power grab and they're, like, corrupted, deep state Democrats, etc., and, like, almost everyone at every step of this has some connection with the Republicans. So, like, the FBI leader, Christopher Wray, is, was appointed by Donald Trump and is a Republican. The, <laughs> the judge who signed the warrant, I think, is a Republican, and we'll get to it in a second. Like, all, all these uh, features uh, of the, the whole thing. Garland himself, who's the, the uh, uh, attorney general, uh, or, he is, like, a moderate, like, a super moderate. And, like, was purposefully put forward as a Supreme Court justice pick by Obama because he was a moderate at a time when the Democrats did not control the Senate. And, of course, did not end up becoming a Supreme Court justice because of Mitch McConnell and a whole bunch of the history that goes on there. But the point is, it's like everyone involved in this is like super moderate liberal slash Republican. Yeah. So to make it like some super lefty Democrat deep state <laughs> thing is just so weird. It 
like I was talking about how lame it is that like you know they went in plain clothes and whatever, but it also really speaks to like how you know despite like the online like anger and rage or whatever, there are a lot of right wing militias out there. Like if they gave a shit about this, there would be stuff happening. But they're just like, you know, like it's just kind of a like, oh yeah, this is whatever. There's also a, like it, it. Yeah, it, it proves the liberal theory incorrect as well because it's like they were so super cautious about dotting all their i's and crossing their t's and being so gentle with Trump in this whole process. Mm-hmm. And yet, there's still it still got the right wing base uh, frothed up enough that someone took a gun to an FBI building. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like it doesn't matter. It like they could have gone in their guns blazing, and it would have been the same result, right? But the fact that they like mm-hmm. tried to be super careful about everything, like they're still going to be whipped up. So it's like why, why are why are you trying to appease these people? You can't. I don't know. <laughs> Imagine if they went in their guns blazing and just like firing squad at Trump. <laughs> Trump wasn't even in Mar-a-Lago at the time. Oh, he was in really? New York. He was in New York and watched the thing by video. So he watched the people walk through the thing while he was in New York watching the video. Oh my god, this is the more <laughs> details there are, this is just like so boring. Well, because he, Trump would have known way before it happened that this was coming. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't a surprise to him. It was just like, he clearly, once the raid, the quote-unquote raid was happening, he then made it a big deal on, like, Truth Social. So the first time everyone else heard about it was when he posted it to his own social media and made a big stink about it. And then it became, like, this thing where it's like, up until that point, no one would have even known that it happened. No, this whole thing is it's so silly. I mean, it's silly because, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to even think, like, what Trump was doing here. It seems like everyone is suspecting sort of, like, two tracks here. The one track seems to be people are like, he wanted this info to sell to Saudi Arabia or something like this, right? That's one track people are speculating on. The other one is that, like, Trump just wanted this stuff to show off to his friends at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> That and I'm like, both seem equally plausible to me. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it feels like, like if he still had Twitter, he would be posting photos of this shit, just being like, "Whoa, look at this thing! Did you yeah. guys know about this?" <laughs> yeah, like that time that he leaked the like Iranian facility or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the other thing, too, is these boxes apparently were, like, in the basement. Weren't even, like, locked in a room. They were just sitting in, like, a basement room. <laughs> There's so much here. That it's it's just, it's so... They sold, like, it's amazing the contrast in how, like, the talking heads on the right sell this Trump guy. <laughs> and just yeah. what a fucking clown he is. I mean, a scary you know, has done some terrible shit clown, but just an utter fucking buffoon. So now let's let's play a few clips here. So Ezra then tries to connect. You know, we went through this whole thing. He's he, he's like, a, it's a whole deep state conspiracy. Garland, they're all in on it, et cetera, et cetera. 
But then he goes a bit further, and he wants to try to connect the judge who issued the warrant to uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Unprecedented is a word that's thrown around a fair bit, but it really is unprecedented. Richard M. Nixon's home was not raided after Watergate. Uh, you would think that Bill Clinton, with so many of his scandals, perhaps his home would be raided, uh, especially after all those trips he took to Jeffrey Epstein's island. Speaking of which, it turns out, and this story in the New York Post shows it in the Daily Mail, absolutely incredible. The judge who issued the warrant for this raid, it's almost impossible to believe, was one of the was when he was a lawyer, had Jeffrey Epstein and Epstein's household staff as a client. Let me say that again. The judge who issued the warrant to raid Donald Trump's home when he was a lawyer was Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer. So we don't know who Jeffrey Epstein's client lists were. Well, except for Bill Gates, because Melinda Gates told us, and I guess except for Bill Clinton. So that is not subject to an FBI raid. Hillary Clinton is not subject to an FBI raid. But this is. I would just spare you the suspense. This judge did not, in fact, represent Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) Now, he did represent uh, people who were associated with Jeffrey Epstein. So yeah. contrary to what Ezra said, he wasn't Epstein's lawyer. He was like the lawyer of like, I think one of the, the people who worked on the island and then some of the people who uh, like were staff on the airplane or something like this. So he did represent people involved in that. And there's also some interesting, I guess, a, th- a thing that you can make a, a, of of him doing something improper, which is that there was a plea deal in that case where uh, Jeffrey Epstein and a lot of the people got off like really light, right? So this was the first case back in, I think it was 2008 era, when he was initially tried and was like sort of let go to then reoffend and then, you know, get rearrested and then hang himself, quote unquote, hang himself, I guess. Uh, <laughs> scare quotes hang himself, which. <laughs> but, uh, so during that those earlier trials, there was this like sweetheart deal that was given to Epstein, and he was allowed to basically go free. There was some like sort of like house arrest thing, and so there's there's a reason to be like, oh, maybe there's something going on with uh, both this lawyer and Epstein's lawyer in cutting this deal. And people had reported on it back uh, at the time. And the interesting thing is, the people that they made this deal with was uh, Alexander uh, Acosta who ended up being Trump's labor secretary, who then had to resign once the like Epstein stuff like resurfaced, right? But it just makes you think, it's like if there's something wrong with this judge, who at the time was a lawyer and represented people who were associated with Epstein, what does that say about Donald Trump for hiring the other guy who was on the other side who worked out this agreement with him? Why would you hire him as your labor secretary? The other, <laughs> the other thing that on top of that which is something that Ezra has not brought up, which is like more recent news, is that we now know that Epstein or that Donald Trump was on Epstein's Lolita Express airplane and was in one of the names in the black book books, if you will. And that didn't come out until the the Ghislaine Maxwell portion uh, of the trials that happened recently. But Ezra has never brought that up. So if if Gates and Clinton are just as guilty for associating with Epstein, for being on his airplane, 
Why isn't Trump in this group? Not, not to mention the videos that we have of Trump and Epstein hanging out together while like Trump scouts, uh, scouts like girls at the bar and points to them and like whispers things to Jeffrey Epstein. Or the time when Je Donald Trump was on Howard Stern and said to Howard Stern that like, yeah, he's friends with Jeffrey Epstein uh, and uh, Jeffrey Epstein likes girls, especially on the younger side. So, you know, all this has already been said, but Ezra won't ever bring that up, you know. That Trump was like good friends with Epstein. And in fact, Epstein would hang out at Mar-a-Lago with Donald Trump all the time. Then, <laughs> of course, none of that would get brought up ever, right? Yeah. It's so just like disconnected from anything. There was also someone right before Donald Trump became president. There was a woman who was in the process of, uh, I don't, I can't remember if it was a lawsuit but she was claiming, I think when she was 13 years old, that Trump raped her. And she and it happened through Epstein at Mar-a-Lago uh, back in the day. That case basically went away after he got elected to the presidency. Now, I've looked into it. I've heard a lot of people who are like more liberal minded being like, don't raise this case. It's not the evidence you think it is or like it, it's it's this person might have been making things up or whatever. But every time I've looked into it, it's like her case seems, seems quite similar to every other person who's accused Epstein and the kind of stuff that went on. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I don't know. I have a little bit more of an open mind. And isn't that curious that like, you know, Trump who would be on the Lolita Express and hang out with Jeffrey Epstein all the time. Are you telling me that like you wouldn't have someone coming forward with this information? You know, and why yeah. did why did they drop their lawsuit? Was it like out of fear because now the person's the president of the United States or did they drop it because they just made the whole thing up or whatever, you know? Yeah. But uh, just worth pointing that out there since they constantly bring up this Jeffrey Epstein stuff. And like you and I probably agree. Fuck the Clintons. Like, <laughs> I don't care. That's yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, because the right and the liberals kind of use it as like a gotcha is like, ah, he was involved with Epstein. This guy was involved with Epstein. Let's ignore the guys on our side that did it. And it's kind of like, actually, no, they're all shitty. What a surprise. Like, yeah. Fuck Dershowitz. Fuck uh, who Dershowitz, who famously defended Trump as well, you know, but like, uh, fuck Steven Pinker, fuck Lawrence Krauss, fuck all those people. <laughs> no sympathy for any of them. Uh, Marvin Minsky, I think, was another one who was involved in AI who quite possibly did. He's he's dead now, but quite possibly did some shit. So. The muskrat himself? Elon Musk, yeah. You know. Fuck them all. And of course, Bill Gates as well. Screw them. Screw them all. I guess in terms of defending people, Ezra then wants to be like uh, the deep state, this like pedophilic deep state. Uh, was out to get Trump since the beginning, which is why they they did Michael Flynn dirty. So, we're <laughs> do you remember Michael Flynn? Vaguely. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, he was a general appointed by Trump at the beginning of his term. I think as Secretary of Defense. I'm pretty sure it was Secretary of Defense, but either way, something came out, and then he was deeply involved in the whole Russia Gate scandal. So, let's hear what Ezra has to uh, talk about Flynn, and then we'll we'll comment on it. I think this is very troubling. It's literally what they call the deep state, that 
permanent part of government that you can't vote out, that sees itself as superior to the elected officials. They were problems for Donald Trump even before he took office. You'll remember how they set up General Flynn and set up Trump during the transition period. General Flynn, who was going to be a senior pick for Donald Trump, was making transition-style phone calls to foreign embassies. He was recorded, and he was set up by the deep state who didn't want General Flynn in high office. And they have been at war with Trump his entire term. And it's been almost two years now since uh, Trump was unelected in November 2020, if you believe the mainstream media. And I, I don't know the absolute truth on that election, but it's been two years and they're still not done with Trump. I just had to point out that he still is trying to like deny the election at the end. <laughs> Gotta love it. So notice how he talks about Michael Flynn where he's, he was like, oh, uh, Michael Flynn was, was set up by, by the FBI. He was just making transitional fo phone calls prior to being in the, in, in, you know, and he was recorded and they set him up. He was caught lying to the FBI. Like, it's not a setup if, like, you're asked a question and then you lie about it. <laughs> Have you seen that thing from the Alex Jones trial where it's, like, Alex Jones' lawyer pointing to the sign that says, don't lie to the jurors? <laughs> you know, nobody had that sign at these other trials. We, they didn't know. They didn't know you couldn't lie. But it's even, like, what he was lying about. So, I mean, like, Flynn had some shady shit uh, that had to do with uh, Turkey and whether he was, like, working with the Erdogan government to go after uh, Gulan, I think his name is, uh, who's been hiding in the United States, uh, a political rival to Erdogan. There was some, like, thing where he was going to, like, kidnap them or something. Uh, but on top of that, like, he had met with uh, uh, some ambassadors to Russia. But when questioned about this by the FBI, he just denied outright that he had these meetings. They then knew that he had those meetings, and therefore, like, then they used the fact that he lied to the FBI to, like, they, they leaned on him to get more information about, like, Trump's connection with Russia during the whole Russiagate incident at the beginning of his presidency. But the, fact, the thing still, like, sits there, which is, like, why would Michael Flynn lie about meeting with the Russians to the FBI. For fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, like, it could just be that he's being... Uh, like, he, it could have been his own, like, self-dealing in the same way he was self-dealing with Turkey or some shit, right? But the fact mm. is, he still lied about it, and it was still relevant to the investigation. What, like, regardless of w what the tr underlying truth is here, which we may never know because... Uh, I mean, who can believe anything Michael Flynn says now? The guy's like deep into QAnon shit at this point. So. But it's a fact like, oh, he was set up. Yeah, he was set up because he was asked about things and then just lied about it. What a setup. Ezra does admit that some of this is Trump's own fault. And, and he explains why it's Trump's own fault. And it's because he hired Christopher Wray, the FBI uh, leader who allowed this to go through. And also, he never locked up the Clintons. If only he locked up the Clintons, the deep state would have been destroyed and Trump would have been successful. It's amazing how the deep state doesn't mean anything anymore. 
you know, because, like, the original whole thing was, like, at least somewhat close to, like, a real concept that was, like, you know, oh, it doesn't really matter how much the administrations change because the, like, you know, the things that make up the state stay the same. Or, like, the people, like, you know, in the kind of, like, bureaucratic positions largely remain. And that's kind of like, okay, sure. Whereas now it's just like, ah, person I don't like runs secret government. The ironic, well, I don't know if it's irony or whatever, but it's like the outward expression from these right-wing figures is about the Clinton, the deep state is somehow connected with it. They're, They're democratic shills or whatever. But like how this manifests and how they actually sort of succeeded with this is that like Steve Bannon and also you had like some of the dark enlightenment figures that we talk about in like dismantling the cathedral, these like neo-fascists, they're the thing that they wanted Trump to do was to go in there and just fire everyone, fire all the administrative people. And in a large respects, they did a lot of damage that way, which is like Mm. some of the reasons why like uh, it's hard doing some of the things that Biden is trying to do uh, outside of just the legislative legislative path through uh, Congress and the Senate, uh, the, not to absolve Biden of all blame, like he could obviously be doing more, and the guy is fucking old as hell. But like, <laughs> but the point is, is like Trump did do damage with respect to the administrative like state by firing a lot of people and getting rid of people who were in the way of uh, you know him getting his way with the the right wing shit that he wanted to do. Now, the question still remains. We, we went all through this, but we did not talk about Joe Biden. So what does Joe Biden get out of this? Joe Biden likes the fact that it's a circus distraction from his mess, whether it's inflation or the recession or the failures in Afghanistan, Ukraine, Taiwan, etc. I should tell you that on the same day that Donald Trump's personal residence was raided by the FBI, Biden announced he's hiring 87,000 new IRS agents, new tax auditors, tax collectors, 87,000. I saw somewhere, I want to check it to, to be double sure, but I think that's more people to go after ordinary Americans than are with the entire U.S. border force. I think more Americans were just hired to wring tax dollars out of Americans than to protect the border. It's ominous because, of course, the power to tax is the power to destroy. And if they can do it to Trump, they'll do it to you. I think when I looked up border and security, there's only like 60,000 employees countrywide in the U.S. Mm-hmm. However, that, that, those are just the people at the point of entry who like, you know, are seeing like at airports or whatever. And so to me, like this probably doesn't include like other force, forces like ICE, for example, uh, yeah, and, and these other forces. So, like, I, I don't. the The way he's carving up these numbers here are just kind of silly, in order to make that comparison. But if you're talking about, like, I guess people who work the border at airports or who sit in the booth as people cross the the border, yes, there are fewer of them than there are. But like, this also makes sense because it's like filing or making sure that people are accurately giving tax information takes a lot of people to like work on everyone's case every year (laughs) you know notice how at the beginning of what ezra was saying here he was talking about how 
this raid is to take away from Biden's failures. However, one thing happened right before the raid happened, which was that Biden actually got through one of his signature pieces of legislation that has now been called the Inflation Reduction Act. But it's basically just the remains of Build Back Better 2 with some additional shitty things put on there by Joe Manchin or whatever, right? I'm oversimplifying the whole bill or whatever. It's a huge bill, and it actually, you know, in the grand scheme of things, is better than nothing. It's going to go some way to to reducing emissions, etc. So, like, great. Now, in terms of, like, failures and success, they just did something that is super successful, that is going to affect the lives of, like, every American and, like, hopefully have, like, a good impact on people's lives. Why then would Biden cause this raid and take away from the one success that he just got? And then on top of that, Ezra is discussing that success with the, because the money for the quote-unquote 87,000 IRS agents come from this bill that Ezra doesn't talk about. (laughs) Because Ezra, just two weeks ago, was praying Joe Manchin on his show because Joe Manchin sunk Joe Biden's, like, build back better agenda and now it passed and like he's not even going to mention that it happened let alone praise biden for doing it he's just going to say that somehow mysteriously joe biden is creating people out of thin air with money that he didn't get because he didn't pass anything right uh but no this money comes from a bill that joe biden just passed that ezra is neglecting to talk about the other thing is That this 87,000 number actually doesn't come from the Inflation Reduction Act. The Inflation Reduction Mm. Act simply stipulates that they're going to receive $79.6 billion. The 87,000 number comes from an internal report from uh, uh, from the Treasury that said if we receive this money we can hire 87,000 people. However, the the hiring of the 87,000 people is over 10 years. So it's not even, (laughs) it's not even like it's going to like happen right away. And in the report, it just said staff because they weren't actually talking about auditors. So this isn't just going to be like IRS agents who are going to be like, I don't know, breaking down people's doors going like, give me your tax money. (laughs) Uh, These are going to be people who work the office in various capacities. And the funny thing is, well, it's not funny. It's actually like really sad is the IRS has been significantly underfunded for decades. And they suggest that this line item in the Inflation Reduction Act is actually what they call like a pay for in that like, yes, they're like earmarking $79 billion to go to the IRS. But that investment, they believe, is going to actually earn them $124 billion from having enough employees to get the tax money that they're owed every year that, like, gets gets denied them from, like, large corporations that fucking swindle them every year. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing that in t- as of 2018, uh, it saw a, the IRS saw a 15% reduction in its workforce, including a decline of more than 25% of its enforcement staff. So yeah, they are underfunded and understaffed, definitely. But don't you love as well how Ezra tried to fl- frame it in this clip, which is that they're going to go out after like, you know, 
like old, just average, normal, everyday people chilling at home. Like the tax agents are going to like come and get you and take your tax money. It's like, no, they're not. They're going after the fucking corporations. That's what's happening here. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's all he's got. <laughs> that's his big conspiracy. And then again, didn't talk about Trump for the rest of the week. This was it. And of course, all the nuclear information, all that has come out since. And so, uh, and again, the the nuclear part of this was uh, some people privy to, to certain things talked to the Washington Post. Now, the Washington Post, when it comes to these sources, are generally pretty good. I have no reason to think that they're lying. I think a lot of other people have no reason to think that they're lying. However, it is still an anonymous report. So, But I, I will say that's pretty much it for the rest of the week. Uh, the interview segment is David Menzies interviewed Rupa Subramanya of the National Post, and they talked about uh, just COVID denialism, basically, and nothing worth uh, talking. But I do love, I do love that the National Post has employs a bunch of COVID deniers. It's wonderful that one of our largest uh, newspapers does that. Uh, my favorite thing is uh, how Rupa regularly shows up on uh, New Left Radio. Oh my god. That too. <laughs> For all our Joe Roberts fans out there. <laughs> our Joe Roberts enemies, you mean? <laughs> so, the, yeah, oh my god. Well, he platformed uh, Andrew Lawton as well, so, you know. Yeah. We're, we're not, for anyone who may listen to us and New Left Radio, not, not huge fans of New Left Radio. But. On the 10th, Ezra is going through some uh, happiness rankings, showing that Canada dropped from 5th uh, place to 15th in the happiness metrics. And I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. He doesn't say anything about it. He's just like, what has Canada become? And like, yeah, great. I don't care. He then interviews Franco Terrazano uh, about uh, how politicians make so much money. Therefore, we need to end taxation altogether. Like, it's like, I don't care. <laughs> it's just like fucking the I love that. Like, it's always the talking point that politicians make so much money, which is why taxation is bad. And it's like. It's such a small item on the list of things we could be paying for. I honestly do not give a shit how much they make. I just, you know, they can make fucking $200,000 as far as I'm concerned, so long as we actually get services, you know. Does not matter to me. Yeah. August 11th, uh, David Menzies uh, has a whole segment complaining about Patrick Brown still. And again, I don't care. <laughs> like It's, it's never-ending with his hatred for Patrick Brown. It's like, I get it, David Menzies. Cool. He then interviews Lewis Brackpool, who's on the talk about the farm protests again, and I really don't care. <laughs> just a lot of just fucking uh, reiteration of the same talking points just over and over again. So then we get to the Friday. And, uh, you know, I thought it started off where it was like, there might be something more interesting here. David Menzies is the guest host again, and he's talking about how uh, he's like, the... The World Economic Forum. First they want you to eat bugs, and then they're going to take your car away. I guess because they want people to use public transportation in the World Economic Forum. And then David Menzies, rather than actually like assess, like, well, like, 
is cars better than public transport? Like, let's like discuss this. He spends the whole episode saying that we wouldn't be able to change from cars to public transport because we're a car culture. And he proves this by playing like songs like Here in My Car <laughs> or clips from movies that are about cars. And he's like, see, we're a car culture. Personally, I can't wait for the cultural revolution when um, all movies based around cars are shot reshot using buses and trains. <laughs> the Transformers is instead of one car getting like its driver out, it's just like everybody having to run out of the bus and the bus turns into a robot. It'll be great. It'll be so much fun. <laughs> I just like... Uh... I love the idea that, like, if not for if not for these cultural artifacts, we would have public transport. But because they exist, we will never have public transport because we can't change. The culture, the culture is manifest. I don't <laughs> but then he ends with an interview with Jim Carahelios, who was the leader, quote unquote, leader of the New Blue Party, and they're talking about how Doug Ford is overspending and he's behaving like a liberal. Meanwhile, he's trying to privatize healthcare, which they never bring up. So what a great world we live in. He's spending too much. Doug Ford, the conservative who's trying to privatize our healthcare, is just spending way too much, apparently. And that's that's it. That's the week. What a what a week. Aren't we glad it happened? <laughs> Yes, because we got to do shit and they were boring. Great. That's right. This is how it should it, how it should be every week. David David Menzies needs to have a, a life uh, altering experience of seeing a bull moose and changing his way. <laughs> he sees the moose in the woods and then goes, "Public transport is <laughs> it's the way to go." David needs to become the, like, what's the furry shit, but it's, like, anthropomorphized, like, vehicles. Whatever those are called, David should become one for trains. Transformers? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Like, there's people who are furry. Like, furries in the sense of they dress up in costumes, but the- No, furries in the sense of, like, they get horny over anthropomorphized naked animals having sex yeah, just, but these uh, auto fetishists are... or car fetishists it's not specific to cars though there are plain ones there are like it's often military vehicles i will admit that um, exhaust sexuals <laughs> kind of yeah um it's really hor horrific um diesel daddy i'm sorry <laughs> no because that you know, that's too, like, too active, I think. <laughs> um, but anyways, David needs to become a freak, even more of one. <laughs> uh, become the diesel daddy we always knew you could be. <laughs> there we go. David Menzies, diesel daddy. <laughs> In less fun news, 
Keffel's got doxxed again. What the fuck is going on, people? Um, send your love to her. Uh, yeah, because, like, she's having a rough time of it right now. Um, she is local to us and, you know, has not been having a good a good go of it recently. Uh, and we love and appreciate her. So send her support in whatever way you can. She's still doing a legal fundraiser. Um, we'll probably link that. And, you know, just like tweet at her something nice. Just be like, you're cool. Also tweet at the London police. Well, actually, they removed comments, so I don't know if you can tweet at them anymore. They got just inundated with people who were calling them out because they like went into her apartment, guns blazing all over. Like, like literally the day that we're recording this, they released the the letter that supposedly was sent to city council, which was evidence that she was going to like murder them or something, which was like really fabricated and like sent to city council. And anyways, the police barged into her apartment guns blazing over this like really shitty letter that clearly it had, it spelled her name incorrectly. It claimed that like she killed her mom, which never happened. It claimed she owned a weapon. The weapon doesn't even look like you can get it in Canada. Like, and like she doesn't have a weapon. Like, Like it's, there's just so much that happened where it's like the police were utter, utter fucking morons. Just utter sad sacks of shit for what they did. So It's so wild, like, you know, because she got, they tried to swat her in Toronto, like, you know, three weeks earlier. And the Toronto cops were just like, yeah, just so you know, this, they tried to do this, like we didn't fall for it because it's really stupid. And then three weeks later or whatever. The London cops are like, oh, we need a tactical team. We need to go in in the middle of the night and seize all of our computer equipment. Like, and, and also, you know, dead name, dead name and right yeah, yeah, yeah. Book her under, like, dead name and everything like that. Like, just. So. Yeah, and it's, this is mostly emanating out of Kiwi Farms, which is a shit drama site. But uh, they, uh. They managed because, like, she recently moved out of her apartment into a hotel to be as a temporary stay before eventually moving on to a, a new place. And she took a picture of her playing with her cat on the hotel bed. And Kiwi Farms was able to, like, link the types of sheets she had on the fucking bed to what hotel she was staying at, which is the, the recent doxing that happened. Like, it's just... These people have, like, no fuck. Like, do something else with your life. You, there's so much out there you could be doing and enjoy yourself with. Like, why are you harassing people online? It's I don't fucking get it. Yeah. Like, cook a meal. Take pleasure. <laughs> there's so many things you could do out there, which are so much more entertaining. Instead of harassing a trans uh, woman, you know? But uh, there you go. Shout out to Keffels. Uh, I mean, it, in some ways, this is causing her to, to blow up in ways and get more traction. So all, all the best to her on that front. Uh, and uh, fuck all the haters, you know? Yeah. Every Kiwi farmer should kill themselves. Like, that's it. Or just get a new hobby. Like, I. <laughs> would be cool with that just fucking do something else in your life yeah just yeah 
internet sucks. Uh, like Lego's fun. You can- <laughs> there's so much you can do. There's there's a whole world out there. Yeah. Uh, it just drives me nuts. But anyways, uh, yes, uh, support Keffel's uh, with whatever she needs in terms of the legal stuff. But if you have anything left over, uh, you can consider giving us a few bucks over on patreon.com slash imperial news. In fact, this uh, this evening as we record, uh, or maybe tomorrow, I'm going to post the latest bonus episode that we record with uh, Eric from Big Shiny Takes. And so that should uh, be out soon. And uh, then you'll have another one out in September when that comes. So if you want some bonus content, uh, you can sign up to our Patreon for any amount and you will get access to that video. But if you want to stay informed about what we're doing, you can also find us on Twitter at Imperial News with a Z. We have a Discord set up. We do Twitch streams every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find videos on our YouTube channel. Uh, did I do the Twitch thing? I'm eventually going to start the Twitch thing soon. I forgot to... Uh, we're not doing it Monday, Wednesday, or Friday anymore. So you can ignore that. <laughs> I'm reading the script. What am I doing here? I'm breaking the fourth wall. Last... <laughs> Lastly, you can email us any question at imperial.fake.news at gmail.com. Special thanks to my friend Mason Tickle for the transition beats. You can find his work at masontickle.com. Thank you for listening. And, uh... Mar-a-Lago? More like... Mar-a-la-gan. Mar- Mar- <laughs> <You're- sighs> canceled. Forever. Sure. Listen, this is hard. This is... <laughs> it, it ain't easy. It ain't easy being cheesy. Albumbia, Albumbia, how lovely are your wheat fields.